Welcome to Toe to Toe, a podcast for realtors where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for realtors to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. All right, welcome back. Hello, Jen. Hi, Monica. All right, guys, glad you're here. Glad you're joining us today. Jen and I are going to throw it down over this topic. I mean, we're going to duke it out right now, so get ready. We're going to duke it out over how many listings can a single agent handle without doing their seller a disservice? In other words, is there a number without any other support function that it is a detriment to your service, your reputation, and the sellers? That's a good question, Monica. I'll take it. (laughs) Why don't you take it from here? I knew you would. I think that, I mean, if you're saying like no support at all, like no administrative support, no Correct. transaction coordinator. Correct. None. Oh, that's going to be tough. Well, let's I, start there and then we can talk about what does a transaction coordinator do in your ability to scale it. Do more. So let's start right. with no support. You're a cheap ass and you don't want to pay for nothing. You can handle it. You like to handle it because you do it better than anybody. Right. <laughs> that's really what it's about. It's not about being cheap. Exactly. Doesn't work. Right. Um, so I think if you have zero, zero, zero support and the market, we'll say the market is like really hot. So like everything you put up is going under contract. I mean, it's not gonna be very high. It's gonna be under 15. Under 15 that you think you can handle. Yeah, maybe even like closer to 10. This is active listings and or active buyers that you're working with, or are we just oh, talking? Yeah, we're talking about buyers too. Look, I can only really handle one buyer because we don't, I don't. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> the question we started with was listings. Um, certainly that is the key to a happy Yeah, I mean, life. for every one buyer, you can do like three or four listings. So every buyer you would throw in there, you'd have to get, you're likely, would it, your capacity would be three to four listings less. I I agree with that. Unless the buyer is highly motivated and you are very good at managing the process, but that doesn't always happen. So there's a lot of variables in this discussion, obviously. So you're saying your flat out answer just to the question, how many listings can a single agent handle without doing a disservice to their business is under, would you say 15? I said under 15 and that's assuming zero support. I also think though, if you're doing 10 or 15 listings, you likely have support. Correct. Especially if you have them all at once, because a lot of people just have that in a year. Right. I mean, that means that you have a process in place to get new business. And I would think that you would have support, but let's just say, like you said, you just, you don't. Right. I mean, I can, well, and now that I'm saying that, Well, what do you think? I think that it is uh, obviously depends on how we're spreading this out. I think handling three three or four active listings each month is a lot if you're doing it right. And that means you're taking all the steps, you're doing the weekly updates, you're calling and communicating with the other agents. Like, you know, there's a seventh level of listing attend, you know, attending to a listing and then there's a right. first level. And right. if you're just putting a sign in the yard and you're the agent that has snow still on some of your pictures right now, like, summer. 
Right. And it's the middle of the summer, then yeah, you can handle a lot more because you're not doing shit for your people, which is a whole different discussion. But I, I think, you know, three listings uh, a month or four listings a month without any support is is doable if you're managing, if you're leading your sellers. And you're also doing transaction coordination and putting the listings. Things yeah. Like. I mean, I think okay. you should be able to take. So then for listings. each, like if you have a transaction coordinator and let's say they don't input the listings, then I think you could easily triple that. Totally. Totally. Because the transaction coordinator, people think, they think that that does, oh, I can do it. doesn't actually take me that much time. And that is such a myth. Like if you, you get peppered to death with these emails and these little like, oh, let me just ask the seller that and then get back to the title company on that. And then it does. Well, the real problem is, is this all happens while you're, you're supposed to, and you made a promise to yourself to generate more leads. That's right. And you're doing that instead. You got it. You got it. It's part of your, it's the old adage of the 80, 20 principle that 20% of your activities will give you 80% of your income results. Right. And that 20% is lead generating. And what happens when you get too busy is the 80%, the minutia just absolutely squeaks its way into your 20%. And that's why agents live on that roller coaster of income, the up and the down. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing. My best month ever, which was a great month as a solo agent Yeah, was we closed like 22 or 23 in one month. Nice. And we had listings, but I had an assistant. She wasn't really the greatest like transaction coordinator, but she got the job done. (laughs) And you, but that's with other agents, without other agents? Yeah, by myself. That's a lot. That's a a lot. I don't remember sleeping that month, but I'm super happy with my bank account. Oh, hell yeah. My most I could do this a few more times. A couple more times. (laughs) Uh, My most ever was eight transaction closed in a month um, as a single agent. And that also felt really good. And I was very busy. But what I found was I was very efficient because I had to be. You're always more efficient. Like there's a saying, I think it's Thomas Jefferson. If you want something done, ask a busy person. Yeah, right. Because they will get it done. Yeah. And we all know this. If you have one listing, you're sort of never motivated to do anything. If you have freaking four listings, you're up, you're out in the morning, you're doing your shit. Yeah, it's truly. So get more listings. I also think that transaction, a good transaction coordinator is worth what their charge is. Totally. And actually our transaction coordinator now also inputs our listings, which is amazing. Awesome. Oh, I can't, I cannot, I think I've put in a listing one time in my entire career and I, it's painful. And we're all better for that here in Cincinnati, <laughs> Ohio. It would all be wrong. It'd be like, right. I would take the liberties in the marketing, like the closet's now a bedroom. Yeah, right. right. What do you pay for a transaction coordinator? And do you do it per deal? Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, there's very rarely, for most agents, a per deal transaction coordinator makes more sense. Mm-hmm. I think you have to like look at your budget and look at your P&L. Yeah, we pay per transaction. And what, approximately what? We pay 250 I think you can get a, a great transaction coordinator in that 250 but I wouldn't be opposed to paying 350 if I think it depends on the market, right? Like it's if true. you're in California, right, true. New York, it's probably more, but Poor. like in the yeah. middle of the country, 
that's probably somewhere in there. It's probably under 400 and something above 150. And what's beautiful about that setup is it becomes a true cost of sale instead of an expense. And as an agent um, building a business, you want to think about creating as many cost of sales versus expenses, because then when COVID 20 hits, you know, we're, we're, we're already, and my, um, my transaction coordinator doesn't charge if the deal goes down. Now I will always give her something for the amount of work she did. I mean, if it went to the 11th hour and went down, like I'm going to give her something, but yeah, she, she did me. the work. It yeah, wasn't her fault or she his did, fault. But that. I love the partnership of the willingness to be like, no, yeah, I get paid when you get paid kind of thing. Right. I think that's critical to, yeah. to look at. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of agents, you said that you really can't handle a lot without doing a disservice to the client. But I I think that, and I know I'll probably get some flack for this, but I think that a lot of agents that maybe don't do a lot of business, maybe handhold a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Not maybe they, I believe that they handhold too Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, that is actually a disservice to the seller. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I um, am a big proponent of this idea of showing up like a freaking leader in the process and leading them. Otherwise, if you're coddling them, they're leading you because in the absence of leadership, they will step up and lead the process. And is that a good idea? Like, no, it sucks. Yeah. It's a shame. And you know, if we're talking about how many buyers a single agent can handle, if it's me, I'm going with one. <laughs> I can handle. I mean, obviously, all buyers are created differently. You know, some want to see ten in a day, and others are that drip that like, can I go see this house and this house? And sometimes that's the way the market is, and I get it. I don't know. I I, I think three or four buyers is doable. It just depends on how much you like to work and how much you lead. What do you tell them? Are they shopping online first and then doing drive bys? Because that sure does help a lot, right? You have a market where you can create uh, your standard is they need to drive by the house before you go see it. That will eliminate freaking 40% of all the houses you're going to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, but in this market, you might not have, you know, I might be like, oh, we got to go see this right now. And that's a reality right now if you're serving them, I think. Right. It just really depends. Well, I think um, it's time to go back to our corner. You think? Let's do it. it. Yep. All right. We're going to take a short break and hear a word from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll have the final punches. Do you have an entrepreneur mindset? Do you believe in the power of building wealth versus just selling houses? There's a new kind of business model for realtors, and you owe it to yourself to see why top agents and teams are aligning their future with the fastest growing real estate company in the world. EXP Realty, tomorrow's brokerage today. For more information or a private discussion, go to the Toe to Toe Podcast Facebook page and send a private message telling us you'd like to learn more about EXP Realty. Welcome back. Now, before we ring the final round, Jen, are you going to talk to some real live agents on the street outside of you and I for this topic? Yeah, we are. And that's going to air in a couple days. Good, good. So if you want to hear some additional opinions and what other agents are doing, always tune in to our bonus time, extra rounds. All right. So what do you say? Back inside the ring? Back in. All All right, right, Monica. No support, a solo agent. 
I think you can handle three or four listings every month if you have systems. If you have systems, that should be relatively easy. And I should add, if you have a deal going right now, one pending and one buyer, and you are super busy, we need to talk about systems for you because that, how can you scale that? How can right. you scale that? Right. right. So, but I think three or four is a solid, consistent through the year. You'd be doing, you know, 36 to 48 deals. That's a nice year. I mean, yeah, I think that's a great year and you can do better. And you can so, push, I would say, do more, handle more, push outside of your comfort zone to help, to help people and see where your line actually is. You'll know. Could you handle five listings, six listings a month if you didn't have a transaction coordinator and you're inputting and managing? I mean, honestly, I've never. You've never done it. Done it. So you don't know. <laughs> Here's what I do know. I know. We talked about this. I stay in my lane. And what I'm good at is sales. I don't know how to do the administrative stuff. I mean, I just- Good for you. How to turn on a computer two years ago. Freaking good for you. Here's the thing somebody once told me, um, a mentor of mine told me, when talking about leveraging other people to do your administrative work, she said, if you don't have a maid, you are a maid. Right. And the point being, like- Am I a am I an overpaid administrative assistant if I'm spending hours of my day answering freaking stupid emails and right. coordinating like whatever? It's not an insult in that way. It's just a fact. You are well. You can make more money if you do your dollar per hour when you're right. lead generating. Even no matter who you're lead generating to, it could be your sphere or it could be you know expired for sale by owners, whatever. I mean, most people, depending on their price point, are making hundreds of dollars per hour on that activity. That's right. That's so right. would you rather give up hundreds of dollars per hour <laughs> to do a 12 to $15 or even $20 per hour activity? I mean, if you're unclear about math, talk right. to me. Right. <laughs> well, you know, they say they all the they's, the wealthy save time, the poor save money. There's a balance, right? But yeah, there's a balance, but it's the mentality of, oh, you don't want to pay the 250. I can't afford the $250 for the transaction. Four hours of your time. Like think differently is what the point of that Mm -hmm. is. Like think about that four hours. And if you spent that generating income, right. How well, much more? That's the thing. Like that's the rub. So, like, yeah. if you're going to have a transaction coordinator, it has to be because you right. are generating income. It's not that you're using that time to watch Netflix. Right. Right. Go to the pool. Right. I no, mean, you've got to replace that. it. You're right. Like you have to have your schedule down so that you are continuing the machine. No, I love it. That's it. That's it. All right. This is going to have to be the end of today's battle. Do you think there was a knockout? There's a little duking going on there, but I think in general, you and I both agree that leveraging is is key and everybody (laughs) can do better. That's right. So go to our Facebook page and comment and vote. And our Facebook page is Toe to Toe Podcast. All right. Yep. Thanks, Monica. Jen, it was fun. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toe to Toe Podcast. 
make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics. <laughs>